0: I'm Eileen Ray McCann for Circle of Blue, and here's What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water. Canada has the world's third-largest supply of fresh water, but water on indigenous reserves has suffered for decades from contamination with chemicals or bacteria. Some reserves have dilapidated water systems requiring years of repair. In the remote Nishkantiga Reserve in Ontario, people have been boiling water for 23 years. Their water treatment plant, built in 1933, broke down and the government is only now completing repairs, which would address Canada's longest drinking water advisory. For now, weekly deliveries of bottled water by plane are rationed to the residents, who number about 240. The Mohawks of the Bay of Quindy live on Ontario's third-largest First Nations Reserve, with about 2,200 residents. Because of blue algae or bacteria such as E. coli, they boil water, pay for water delivery by truck, or haul containers to fill up at the reserve's to water stations. It's a laborious process and taxing on the old, the handicapped, and those without transportation, especially in the winter. Their chief, Donald Marichel, describes the conditions as third-world Only 10 miles away, the beaches, galleries, golf and wineries of the towns on the Bay of Quindi are a world apart, with no concerns about fresh water. Canada's federal government is responsible for the safety of public water systems on reservations. During his 2015 campaign, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau promised to end all long-term drinking water advisories, that is, those longer than a year, on reserves by March 2021. This was part of a plan to address grievances with Canada's Indigenous people. But chiefs and others fear that progress will be sporadic, given the limitations of bureaucracy, undertrained water treatment staff, and inadequate funding. Prime Minister Trudeau has put almost $2 billion into water remediation on reserves, but success has been elusive. There were 105 long-term drinking water advisories when he took office. As some advisories were lifted, new ones were imposed. The current count is 69 long-term water advisories for First Nations communities, with the possibility that revived water systems could relapse or that short-term advisories could turn into long-term advisories. The Mohawks of the Bay of Quindy are among those who have seen results— In 2016, after four years of negotiating with the federal government, they received a $31 million water treatment plant. Fully modern, it supplies 68 homes and a number of community facilities. It's a resource many reservations don't have, but even so, the treatment plant is limited by the surrounding infrastructure. The water line doesn't reach all the homes on the reserve and those who instead rely on wells are finding that the groundwater is disappearing. So hundreds of homes on the reservation are still without clean drinking water. Plans are in the works for more water lines and a water tower, but they could be many years away. Experts say that red tape is part of the problem. The federal government requires feasibility studies, option analyses, and design plans that can go on for years. This applies not only to new projects, but to upgrades or repairs, even to relatively new water systems. I know there's a political will from the Prime Minister down, Chief Irwin Redsky told the Washington Post, but if the bureaucracy doesn't change, nothing will change. Chief Redsky leads an indigenous reserve of about 290 residents in Manitoba. It has been under a boil water advisory since 1997, when it was cut off from the mainland to make way for an aqueduct supplying clean water to the city of Winnipeg. Besides red tape, reserves often struggle to keep qualified water treatment plant operators. Those with the best training are lured away by higher-paying jobs in the big cities. And money is also an issue. Canada's independent budget watchdog is among those concerned that more resources are needed to fulfill the Prime Minister's promise to the First Nations. In 2017, the agency said that the government was spending only 50 to 70 percent of what is needed to eliminate drinking water advisories on reserves. Canada's Minister of Indigenous Services disagreed with that assessment, but added that the department will continue to invest as needed and will get the job done. Dawn Martin-Hill is an anthropology professor at McMaster University and a resident of Southern Ontario's Six Nations Reserve. She told the Washington Post that even if the government comes through, there is the larger problem of confidence in the system. In 2014, a $41 million water treatment plant was built to serve parts of her reservation – but residents are still fearful to drink the water. Sometimes it was, don't cook with it, don't even touch it, she said. Other times it was, you can cook with it, but you can't drink it. It does something to your psyche when you're told not to drink your water for so many years. In the United States, Michigan officials and the Canadian firm Enbridge announced an agreement on a controversial fossil fuel pipeline in the Great Lakes. While Republican Michigan Governor Rick Snyder hails it as an historic plan to reduce risk, environmentalists are blasting it as a way to let Enbridge continue business as usual. Enbridge owns a pipeline system known as Line 5 that runs from Wisconsin to Ontario and crosses northern Michigan. It moves about 23 million gallons of crude oil and natural gas liquids through twin lines beneath the Straits of Mackinac, where Lake Huron and Lake Michigan converge. Critics have long considered the 65-year-old pipelines as an environmental disaster waiting to happen in a vital shipping channel and one of the world's largest bodies of freshwater. Governor Snyder's office announced that Enbridge agreed to build a four-mile tunnel under the Straits of Mackinac to protect a new pipeline that will replace Line 5. The tunnel would be drilled 100 feet into the rock below the lake bed. It's estimated that the project will cost Enbridge between $350 and $500 million. It is also expected to take seven to ten years. That timeline is a worry to several environmental groups who warn that the tunnel could take even longer than that to build, and in the meantime, the existing pipeline would continue to pose a threat of leaking millions of gallons of crude oil into the Great Lakes. Enbridge insists that it has operated Line 5 safely and reliably for decades, but its reputation has suffered in recent years after disclosures of worn protective coatings and damage from a ship anchor last April. The new agreement includes safety provisions such as additional staffing, monitoring technology, and money set aside for oil spill remediation. Studies show that a spill could spoil the lakes and shorelines for hundreds of miles. Governor Snyder called the deal a common-sense solution. He said it offers the greatest possible safeguards to Michigan's waters while maintaining critical connections to ensure Michigan residents have the energy resources they need. The issue is an important one in the upcoming gubernatorial election, with the Democratic nominee pledging to shut down Line 5 if elected, and the Republican nominee in support of the tunnel plan. It's not yet clear if the next administration would be able to cancel the agreement. The deal calls for negotiating a partnership between Enbridge and the Mackinac Bridge Authority, which is the Michigan agency overseeing the bridge between the state's upper and lower peninsulas. The Bridge Authority would help Enbridge get permits for the new work and assume ownership of the tunnel when it was done. It would then lease the tunnel to Enbridge and potentially to other utilities, such as electricity and telecommunications. Currently, the bridge authority deals with bridge transportation issues, but state officials say that the authority's original mandate foresaw the possibility of managing tunnels. Critics challenge that the authority cannot operate a tunnel that has nothing to do with vehicular traffic, and warned that the agreement raises serious legal issues. The Detroit News reported a statement by Sean McBrady of the group Clean Water Action, who said, Attempting to use the Mackinac Bridge Authority to bypass our environmental laws in this process is an insidious attempt by this administration to subvert democracy and risk 20 percent of the world's fresh surface water so that a foreign oil company can continue to rake in massive profits. Enbridge spokesman Ryan Duffy said, We believe this agreement makes a safe pipeline even safer. The director of Michigan's Department of Natural Resources, Brian Cray, said that any attempt to revoke the easement would trigger a long and costly court dispute. But if the bridge authority declines to be a part of the arrangement, he said, it certainly would put this agreement, relative to the tunnel aspects, into question. And that's what's up with water. We'd like to share what's up where you are. Tweet us with your water news at hashtag. What's up with water?